welcome to the Life Church Green Bay podcast. It's our mission to lead the way in bringing the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We are so glad that you're here. If this is your first time joining us, would you connect with us? We want to do life with you, and there are so many ways we can do that from wherever you are in the world. You can get connected with us and other Jesus people in one of our Facebook groups by joining us for an online service every Sunday or connecting with people through life groups and pocket churches. To learn how to get connected and find your pocket, please go to lifechurchgreenbay.com. Again, so glad you're here with us today. Here's this week's message. All right, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4. If you don't have a traditional Bible, but you'd like one, if you just want to raise your hand, one of my friends will bring you one. You can either borrow that or you can keep it. It's our gift. You can also take your smart device. You can open up the YouVersion app, or it's also called the Bible app, and all the notes and scriptures have already been uploaded. Of course, we'll also put all the scriptures right there on the screen behind me just to make it as easy as possible for you. If you are watching us online at one of our other sites or at one of our services at the Brown County Correctional Facility, I love you guys, and I'm so glad that you are a part of our family. Speaking of family, I remember when I first married Sonny, I was so enamored with her dad. I mean, I mean, he was a rancher, which in and of itself made him cool in my book. He wore Wranglers and on purpose. He had custom-made cowboy boots. He, he had and flew his own plane, wore Ray-Ban aviator sunglasses, a leather jacket, had a money clip full of $100 bills, smelled like brute, ate steak anytime he wanted, and somehow made smoking look cool. It was like being around a real-life Marlboro man. On top of owning a huge ranch, he also was a business owner and he was really, really good at it. He was super successful. He had a huge house with a seven-car garage full of sick cars. He had two diesel Dodge Rams, two 1970 Chargers, two Plymouth Prowlers, two DeLoreans. I mean, he was like the Noah of cars. He, He had a leather duffel bag. I mean, come on, just that. I had never met anybody in my life who had a leather duffel bag. He looked like a guy off of a movie who just robbed a bank and it was filled with money. He, he'd go on business trips to Denver or to Seattle and he wouldn't even pack a suitcase. He would just buy clothes when he got there. He was probably the most successful guy I had ever been around. Their trucking company was probably the largest employer in their town. And the plan was for his son to take it over. And so Sonny's mom homeschooled him in the morning and in the afternoons, he'd ride around with his dad learning the family business. Uh, but looking back, I think, that, I think that Sonny's dad was carrying her brother around just so his son could get to know him better. Because in the end, Sonny's brother didn't even take over the family business. They sold it. Her brother actually went on and became a really successful private pilot. But in so many ways, he's just like his dad. Like he didn't take over the family business, but he did take over a lot of his personality traits. He, he took over a lot of the same gifts that my father-in-law has. And, and God wants the same thing for you and for me. He, he's a father and serving in ministry, which we're all called to do, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, is, is a lot like going to work with your dad. It, 
It gives us a chance to get to know him better. It gives us a chance to take on his personality traits and pick up on some of his gifts. I think it's one of the reasons why Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. And, and we need to be as well. We need to be about our father's business too. And that's what I wanna talk about today in a message that we're calling, I am gifted. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for my friends in this place. Thank you for the giftings that you have given to them. Thank you for the talents. Thank you for the abilities. Thank you for the passions. Thank you for the things that move us, that make us, that drive us, that motivate us. I pray today in Jesus' name that anything that shouldn't be in us would have its way worked out of us. That when we leave this place, you would have, have trimmed around the edges. That, that we would be less like us and more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. So Paul, the author of this letter to the Ephesians, which we've been in for like uh, two months, incidentally, says, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling because you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be, be patient with each other. Make allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit and bind yourselves together with peace for there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all, who's over all, in all, and living through all. However, he's given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Mm, he's given each of us, you and me, a special gift through the generosity of Jesus. It's very appropriate this time of year. I mean, I, I love Christmas. I mean, I think most people do, but I actually love Christmas because I love giving gifts. I, I actually love the whole process of it. I love the hunt. I love the effort. I love the, the getting the wrapping paper and the tape and the little gift tags. I, I understand Amazon is super convenient, but sis, that's not like, it's fine the rest of the year. It's just... It's just not my thing for Christmas shopping. I, I love the process of finding, buying, and giving gifts. I, I especially love giving gifts to people who are hard to give gifts to. Do you have anybody in your life who's hard to give gifts to? Pastor Sonny's probably saying amen right now. I'm a really hard person to buy gifts for. But for me, I love the challenge of it. I love listening, hearing little hints throughout the year of what that person might love to get. You know, part of the art of being a good gift person is listening, paying attention to the clues. I, I really love watching people open gifts. There's, there's nothing more fulfilling to me than seeing somebody light up when they open something that I've given to them. Conversely, though, it's really annoying to me when I have people in my life who don't like receiving gifts. People that are like, oh, you know, I, I don't. I don't need anything. Like, come on, bro. I didn't ask you what you needed. I'm not trying to buy you ramen from the grocery store. I didn't ask you what you needed. I asked you what you wanted, that thing that you didn't want to buy for yourself, that thing that maybe you were, you were too embarrassed to carry up to the cash register or that you, you felt like it would be irresponsible if you spent that kind of money on yourself. I didn't ask you what you needed. I asked you what you wanted. Don't rob me of my joy. Or as church folk would say, man, don't rob me of my blessing. Now, there's nothing that robs a giver more than someone who doesn't want anything. 
other than someone who's ungrateful. I'd call people who are ungrateful takers. Uh, you know, the, the older I get, the more convinced I am that one of the easiest tests for Christian maturity is determining whether you are a giver or you are a taker. If you're a reflection of Jesus, you're a giver. You have to be because God is a giver. God loves to give. And what's interesting is we don't have to beg him to do it. It's interesting how many of us beg God. You ever pray for something and you beg God for you, you weep and wail and, and, and lament. And it's like, you just, oh God, you, you don't, you don't got to beg God for stuff. God is a giver. He loves to give to you. So with that in mind, I want to show you today four things that God gives to us. And here's the first is God gives us himself. Uh, I, I mean, the most famous verse in the world tells us that this, if you've ever been to a sporting event, you, you know, this verse, there's, there's somebody right now who, who they're, they're putting off their tailgating so they could go to the Walmart and buy them some poster board and a giant Sharpie marker. Now, after they sniff the marker for 15 minutes, they're going to make them a sign that says the most famous verse in the world. And they're going to hold it behind the, the, the uh, uprights so that the kicker from the bears, even though we don't need to do this, is going to be distracted because we don't, we don't need no distraction because we already know Aaron owns the bears in Jesus' name. Like we are, it's, it's fine. And so somebody is right now, they're, they're, they got their Sharpie and they're getting that the sound and they're coloring it in. And it's, it's John, John 3, 16. It's the most famous verse in the world. It says, for God loved the world so much that he gave us, you and I, his only son. Now here's the thing. God doesn't give everyone everything. This, there's, uh, I love comedians. I love watching comedians. I love uh, there's a couple guys that are coming to Green Bay, by the way. I got tickets already. In case you haven't, you need to go and buy them. Uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, he's coming to Green Bay. Come on, somebody. That guy's the funniest human on earth. And uh, John Christ is coming to Green Bay in 2022. Got my tickets to both of those because I love, I love comedians. Laughter is good medicine. And back in the day, there used to be this comedian. You probably never heard of him because he's not really that good. But he, uh, his name is Stephen Wright. And uh, he had this line in one of his bits where he said, we said, well, I can't have everything. Where would I put it? And I just thought about it. Like God, God doesn't give everyone everything. Have you ever had something that you really wanted and you didn't get it? And so then you got kind of frustrated. Like I'm a car person. I love cars. I wish I owned a car lot so I could drive a different car every day. You can't be from Detroit and not be a car person. And you, way back in the day, I was first few years that I was married, there was a car that I, man, I really wanted it so bad. I went to the dealership and they had a, a Jeep Grand Cherokee. And I was like, oh man, if you, man, if I own this car, you couldn't tell me nothing. I mean, I was like, I, God, I prayed about it. I fasted for 15 minutes. God, please, I need this car. But I knew my credit wasn't good. You ever, you ever, you ever want to buy something? <laughs> this is not y'all because y'all are believers and you tithe, so you're blessed. But you know, me back in the day, there used to be times where I wanted something, but I didn't have the money. And so then they would offer special 
financing, 0% for 24 months. I knew that I couldn't qualify for the 0%, but I thought, man, in Jesus' name, maybe, maybe I'll get the 24.9% and just because I don't have the money and I would wait in line and I'd say, Jesus, please, you know, I need a love sack. You know, I need like that, you know, the big bean bag that's $1,500. Jesus, love sack, baby, please. That's how you'd pray. And I just, God, please. And I wait in line, but I'd be nervous, right? Because I knew if I filled out the app right there, they would have to tell me in front of God and everybody, we're sorry, sir, we can't approve you. So I'd be like, can I, can I go home and could I apply for this? And so I wanted this car so bad, this Jeep Grand Cherokee, and I applied for the financing and Dave Ramsey would kill me if he knew. And I applied for the financing and they were like, sorry, sir, we can't get you this Jeep Grand Cherokee. I was, so, I was devastated. I mean, for six months, every time I saw somebody driving a Jeep Grand Cherokee, I would pray that that car would get a flat tire. And Jesus, oh God, please. I was so, I had such, such jealousy on me. Like, have you ever wanted something so bad and you prayed about it and you started? Here's the thing, God, God isn't gonna give you everything that you ask for. He, he doesn't give everyone everything, but he does give everyone himself. He may not give you health. He may not give you wealth, but he has given you himself. Jesus willingly gave his life and he continues to do so. And he does that by giving us his righteousness, his salvation, his affection, his love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, temperance, AKA self-control. And when the Bible uses the language of grace, this is what it's talking about, that God is a giver. And I don't know if you know how radical that is because, you know, we're, we're from this pseudo-Christian nation called America where people have had freedom and liberty and justice for all, all of their lives. They were born into a, like a kind of a, a godly kind of environment. So it's hard for us to understand how radical it is for us to serve a God who is a giver. But if you look at other religions around the world, their God is a taker. And he's going to take through karma or by demanding certain good works, through penance or, or by demanding pilgrimages to sacred places. But Jesus shows up and he, he just like gives. And the whole time, all he does is gives. He said, I came so that you can have life and you can have it more abundantly or you can have it to the fullest. He said he came to serve rather than to be served. And so Paul tells his friends in Ephesus and ultimately us that each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Jesus' gift. God isn't a taker. He's a joyful giver and he gives us himself. Here's the second thing God gives us is he gives us the Holy Spirit. And one of the challenges that the disciples faced early on, like one of the, the challenges that they faced when Jesus died was his absence. Like in their mind, they thought, what are we going to do now? They just spent the past few years of their lives with him 24-7. And when he was crucified, they felt abandoned. Have you ever felt abandoned? Ever felt alone? Ever felt like God is absent and you're living life navigating everything on your own? The disciples, that's how they felt. They felt totally and completely alone. And even though Jesus rose from the grave and they were temporarily able to be back in his presence, he told them, it's actually better for you if I go. So when I leave, I can send the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he didn't send the Holy Spirit just for them. He sent the Holy Spirit for us. 
He didn't just send the Holy Spirit like it was an infomercial, like for a limited time only. Call now, get two Holy Spirits for the price. Like it wasn't like, but wait, there's more. Like there, it wasn't like a temporary kind of bless. It was like an eternal kind of, it was like in perpetuity, he's giving the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, why, it's why when you walked into this room today, you already felt it. It's why when the band started to play and the singer started to sing, the hair on the back of your neck stood up and the, and the goosebumps came on your arms. It's why some of you, you started to cry or you men, your eyes started to sweat and why you, you started to think about things that you hadn't thought about in a long time. You started thinking about people who you haven't thought about in a long time. It's why we, don't, we understand that the Holy Spirit doesn't have to fall in this place. He, he's already here. He doesn't have to even rise up and he doesn't have to visit this place. He was here before you got here, before the chairs were ever set up, before the band showed up at 5 a.m. to practice. He was here before the high fivers were here, before the guys were putting salt on the parking lot. He, he was here before this building was ever built. He, he was here before you were ever even thought about it is the Holy Spirit who knew you in your mother's womb. And so God gave this gift. He sent the Holy Spirit and he did that for two reasons. He did it for you and for the people in your life. He's given the Holy Spirit to you because Jesus knew from personal experience that life is hard and life cannot be lived in our own strength. We're going to be beaten up and beaten down. He knew we'd be torn up and torn down. And so he said, I'll ask the Father and I'll ask him that he'll give you another comforter, someone who will remain in you throughout the age. And he said, and when the Holy Spirit comes to you, you'll receive power. Why? So you can testify about him to the ends of the earth. He's saying, you know the people in your life who need Jesus? Your spouse or your kids, your neighbor, your boss or your coworker, you don't have to worry about figuring out how to change their lives on your own. Huh. You ever felt like you need to change the life of somebody in your life? Don't point, don't pinch. Ladies, listen, I know, I know, because I am one. I know we're, I mean, we're guys, we're difficult. We're, you know, we're simple, but we're complex is all I'm saying. Just, it doesn't take a lot. You got to play, if, listen, if you're looking for something to get your husband, um, football tickets, Steak, it's not hard. A $100 Culver's gift card. You know how many burgers you could buy with a $100 Culver's in Jesus' name? The butter burger, the gift that keeps on giving the whole year round. Come on, I know it. I already know. I know from experience. It's, I know that you think he's difficult and I know you think you need to change him, but you don't. The Holy Spirit is already working. Guy, listen, you're a girl. You don't got to change her. The Holy Spirit, he showed up in her life before she was born and he's been working. It's a slow process. He's been working. You don't have to figure out how to change their lives on your own. He's given you the gift of the Holy Spirit, both for you and for the people in your life. Here's the third thing God gives us is he gives us people. Now, some of you need to hear this. You are a gift. You are a blessing. You were put on this earth exactly when you were put on this earth, exactly where you were put on this earth for a purpose, 
For a time such as this, you were born and you were blessed and you were anointed to be the person who you were. One of the quotes that people will remember about me for the rest of eternity till they go to heaven is one of the things that I tell people all the time. It's, bro, just be you. Be you. Uh, we had an amazing event here last week, Marianne Bright and uh, Pastor Sonny. She, she preached the message and I, I think she's a phenomenal communicator. And yet she texted me and she said, I don't know how you do this every week because man, I, I don't ever want to do this for the rest of my life again. And I was like, baby, you're fine. I did. I said, I said, baby, you're fine. Just be you. <laughs> uh, yesterday, last night, I, I had a, now, I, I mean, I get nervous every time I do this because it's a big, big deal, right? Like, but like I stand in the back and I'm like, oh God, please don't, you know, don't let me do something stupid. Um, don't let me say anything or it's just nerve wracking. It's like one of people's biggest fears, sharks and speaking in front of people. And so like sharks are fine to me, but the thing, like you guys are terrifying. And so she, I was like, I get it. I feel you. And I'd be like, last night I had like this, this, uh, usually I'm fine. Last night I had this, uh, anxiety. I had like this, like this antsiness to me. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if it was something that I ate because I'm going to go on a diet on January 1st. Let's just be clear. I need to lose a little weight, but I got to gain a little more weight before I lose because I want the diet to be worth it. It's what I'm saying. So I may or may not have last night had for dinner a Kit Kat and a Mr. Good Bar. I'm just saying, that might be, that might be the reason. <laughs> I don't know if I was antsy or I had uh, regret. I'm just saying, <laughs> God, the Holy Spirit was like, bro, seriously. Like, so I had this antsiness. And so I texted Sunday and I said, I don't know what's going on. I have this like, anxiety. I don't know if it's anticipation or antsiness. And she texted me back two words. Be you. I was like, bro, you can't say that. That's my line. You can't, you can't use my word. Don't use my words in vain, don't you? You owe me 12 cents because I have copyrighted the saying, be you. Some of you guys, you need to understand you are a gift. You are beautiful and kind and gracious and loving and benevolent. And you are a benefit to the people who are around you. And don't let your insecurity make you feel like you are a curse. You are not a curse. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are a gift. You're a gift to others. Caveat. But others <laughs> are also a gift to you. I wonder if you treat him that way. Do you treat them like they're a gift or do you treat them like they're a nuisance? Do you walk around like you'd rather be alone? If you do, that's a bit insulting both to them and to the God who created them. Now, I get it from personal experience. Some of you recharge better in solitude. I do that. But guys, to never want to be around people, that's not healthy. There's another guy who never wanted to be around people. And we saw how that worked out for him, didn't we? God gives people as a gift and there's nothing that robs a giver more than someone who doesn't want anything other than someone who's ungrateful. Guys, your spouse is a gift. Your kids are a gift. Your parents are a gift. Your coworkers, your boss, your neighbors, even your in-laws, they are a gift because two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone, that person's in real trouble. So God gives us people as a gift. Here's the fourth thing that God gives is he gives his followers 
spiritual gifts. Uh, there are talents and there are gifts. Every person on the earth has been given certain talents, things we innately have from birth, singing or art, rhythm or the gift of gab. Those things are talents. Every person on earth has been given talents, things we innately have from birth. But there are also gifts and gifts are supernatural abilities that you won't have until you're in Christ. Gifts are abilities you won't have until your new birth. A talent is something you can do before you're a Jesus person, but a supernatural gift, that's something that accompanies the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Why does God give gifts? He tells us in verse 12, and, and, and this is one of the most important scriptures in the entire New Testament. He gives gifts to equip the saints, that's you, for the work of the ministry, that's going to work with your dad, for, for building up the body of Christ. And there, there's four places in the New Testament that you'll find lists of supernatural gifts. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 8 through 10, 1 Corinthians 12, 28 through 30, Romans 12, 6 to 8. If you're on version, these are already in there. And 1 Peter 4 through 11. Here's the summary of what those gifts are. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, that's like predicting things, tongues, interpretation, teaching, exhortation, that's like encouragement, generosity, mercy, and servanthood. Okay, then in Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, it lists five types of people who God uses to release those gifts. They're apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why does God give gifts? And why does he use people like that to release them? The NIV says, to equip his people for works of service. And we do those works of service so the body of Christ can be built up. This is why we do growth track. So people can recognize and realize their spiritual gifts, then so they can release those gifts in the service of others. Recognizing your gifts does something to you. When you, you ever see somebody when they recognize that they're good at something and then all of a sudden, hold up. And suddenly their posture changes, something happens to them. You see a kid who realizes they can sing, then they don't stop singing. One of my greatest gifts, well, one of my greatest talents, let's say this, is uh, whistling. I, I, I can whistle, dog. Like, I can whistle. Like, ain't nobody can whistle like me. I'll, I'll whistle. I'll, have, I'll go in a whistle contest. I'll, have, I'll whistle. You'll think I'm a bird. I whistle like, and, and boy, it drives Sonny crazy. Actually, the other day I was in, in the store, I was whistling the song that was on the thing. And a lady looked at me like, man, you better cut out all that whistling. She looked at me, she looked at me like this. And I was like. <laughs> it felt like my, like my talent had just wrecked, wrecked her day. <laughs> but what happened is when you discover a gift, something that you're really good at, it just changes things for you. My friend Brian, he, he gave me this flannel. It's, uh, this ain't no Target flannel. This, I'm just saying, this, I ain't trying to crack on Target because the, <laughs> the rest of mine are from Target. They're good for three or four wears. And then they get out of shape. 
like me after Mr. Goodbar and a Kit Kat. I'm just saying, they just, they just, you know, just, this is a different kind of flannel. This is a legit flannel. This is a Dixon flannel. Y'all ever heard of a Dixon flannel? Ain't no joke. Don't worry, I had never heard of it before either. <laughs> I hadn't heard of it until Brian gave it to me and he gave me this flannel and he just, I took it out the bag and I was like, bro, this is so dope. He said, bro, that's a Dixon. I, okay. <laughs> he said, no, but, but hey, bro, Dixon is, that's a, Dixon, and Dixon is a thing. I've discovered in the last few weeks, Dixon flannels are a thing. Like they are a, they're a culture. Like it's a, like people who are Dixon flannel people, they're like people, he understood I would get this. They're like, it's like the sneaker culture. Like people who are sneaker people, like they, they get it. And so Dixon people, man, they'll buy them. They'll sell them. There's, there's chat boards about the shirts. There's blogs about the shirts, people who are buying. And so it's like their side gig. They buy and sell a Dixon thing. Like some of these shirts, like the OG ones, man, they go for like four or $500 online. And when, like when he gave me this, man, it just, something about, man, it feels right. It feels like I wanted to go home and throw all my other flannels away. I felt like my other flannels had been unfaithful to me. Like this is ridiculous. But getting this gift from my friend, Brian, it opened me up to a whole new world that I'd never even known about. And recognizing, realizing, and releasing your gifts, it does that. It opens you up to a whole new world. It changes your perspective. You know, there's a difference between a consumer mentality and a Christian mentality. A consumer mentality asks, how can the church serve me? But a Christian mentality asks, how can I serve the church? The first perspective, it's a business mentality. But the second perspective, that's a family mentality. One perspective is that of a giver and the other perspective is that of a taker. And I wonder, do you have a consumer mentality or do you have a Christian mentality? Are you a giver or are you a taker? Are you gonna spend your days being about your father's business? I hope so, because it's why in Christ you are gifted. Would you close your eyes all across this place? You are gifted. You have been gifted with the most significant thing that you've been gifted with is access to forgiveness and salvation. Now, the salvation is a churchy word, but it's pretty common sense. It's this idea that your life isn't what it needs to be. It's not going where it needs to go. It's not amounting to what you hoped that it would amount to. And so because of that, you have to surrender yourself to Jesus and enter into a relationship with him, a relationship where he, where he takes away the things that shouldn't be in your life and then adds the things that should. And so this morning, we're gonna give you the opportunity to enter into that kind of redeeming relationship with Jesus. And we're gonna do that by doing two things. The Bible says that it really takes two things to be saved. You have to confess and you have to profess. You have to confess that you're a sinner and profess that Jesus can change that. And so this morning, we're gonna give you the opportunity to do both of those things. And here's how. In just a moment, I'm gonna ask people to do two things. First is with nobody looking around, I'm gonna ask for people who don't have a relationship with Jesus, but would like to have one before they leave here to raise their hand and make eye contact with me. Once you've made eye contact with me, you can put your hand down. That will serve as your confession then I'm gonna pray a prayer. And something that we used to do that we're not doing, like I just say, you know what, let's stop having everybody pray the prayer. I want just you to pray the prayer. 
And, and you can pray it under your breath. You can pray it in your head. You can pray it however you want. But if you repeat this after me and you mean it in your heart, the Bible says that you will be saved. So if you're here today and you say, Sean, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I'd like to. I need to be rescued. I need to be saved with nobody looking around. Would you raise your hand and make eye contact with me right now? Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. 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 Okay, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Come into my life. Change me. Make me different. Make me new. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, I would love the opportunity to connect with you. Our team here would love the opportunity to connect with you. And so there's a couple of ways that you can help us do that. You can take the card that's in the seat back in front of you that says, hello across the top. You can tear off the bottom portion, fill in whatever information you're comfortable thus having. Check the box that's highlighted in yellow that says, I'm choosing to follow Jesus. You can put it in the black buckets when they come around here in just a minute, or you can take it out to the Welcome Center. You can also scan the QR code on the back of your seat, or you can scan the giant QR code that we're putting up on the screen. If you're at one of our other experiences, then you can just let the person who's hosting that know so they can get the opportunity to connect with you. But we just want the chance to help you go from where you're at to where God wants you to be, which is more like Jesus. I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes one more time before we receive the Lord's tithes in your offering. I wonder if you're here and you say, Sean, I'm a saved, I'm a Jesus guy, or I'm a Jesus girl, uh, but, but I, I've had a consumer mentality. I've been a giver, but I haven't had a taker. I'm not talking about you're not gonna go to heaven or you aren't. Like you just, you just say, Sean, I've, I've not... And I'm not talking just about financially. I'm talking about you haven't given your gifts to God's body. And you say, Sean, I, I want to stop being as much a giver, I mean a taker, and I want to be uh, more a giver with nobody looking. Would you just raise your hand so that I can pray for you? Yeah, so many. God, thank you for my friends in this place who want to be givers, God. Bless them, encourage them, equip them, help them to be the people who you've called them to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us this week. Did you know we have discussion questions for each message? You can download them and talk it over with your friends and family. Go to lifechurchgreenbay.com to download today.